The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world, George's Box. Welcome back to George's Box. I'm JJ. I'm married. Yes, he is. You <laughs> ca- you, oh, you got me there. That caught me off guard. It's a good day to be a Yankee fan. I didn't even plan that either. It was just like, as you said it, I was like, oh, this would be cool. There you go, man. It just comes to you. Yeah. We are currently recording this at 7.15. Oh, the Yankees are taking the field on the Tuesday night. Are they starting now? I thought it was going to be like 7.30, 7.45. Yeah, that's what I thought. I wonder how much they're going to get in. Okay, let's do it. Do you not have a good view of a TV from your desk? So I'm getting it going on my second monitor here. Oh, I gotcha. Have a TV in here, yeah, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, it's been a uh, it's been a good week to be a Yankee fan. I mean, I think after getting embarrassed in Baltimore, you take two or three from Detroit, you sweep the Indians, you've got Baltimore coming into town, you're going to Kansas City, you're in like a decent position um i think we're like a half game back to toronto because they played last night and we were off um but realistically if we had won the detroit uh loss like if we had swept that series and we had won one of the other orioles games i mean we're talking we're two wins against bad teams away from talking about the world series Oh, for sure, because we're we're what ten and six, so yeah, that'd be twelve and four, like what you said. Honestly, the Orioles ones are the only ones that really stick with me. Not sweeping the Tigers kind of was what it was, but yeah, I think if we would have won just one of those Orioles games, like we'd be flying very high right now. Oh yeah, it'd be well because it would be we won the Red Sox series, split the Blue Jays, won the Orioles, won Detroit, swept Cleveland. It would only be getting better. Um. But, you know, I think the whole fan base, like, we're all, like, we, we've we seen too much of this before, where it's, you know, it's reverted back. You know, we could go out here, we could get swept by Baltimore at home. Yeah, it's scary. I mean, Seve going tonight, I'm excited to see him. And then, dude, my obviously my brain's fried from, from getting married. What is it? Uh, would it be, who, I don't even know who's pitching Wednesday, Montgomery? Uh, yeah, I think so. 
And then Tyone. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's Monty Tyone. Okay, so my, my my internal clock still still has it, I guess. But but yeah, I mean you gotta you gotta sweep them at home, especially since we only won the one in Camden Yards. I think you absolutely have to sweep them and kind of set that tone that hey, we're not gonna fuck around with these guys anymore. Get back to four and two against them on the season. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that's important. I mean, I think tonight, um, obviously by the time you're listening to this, you know what happened. But I think tonight might be a choppy night in terms of the weather, which like isn't fun because Sevy's supposed to try to get stretched out to 90 pitches. I do worry a little bit about trying to start this thing. You know what I mean? Especially with him, a guy that, look, the first time he got injured, he was warming up during a rain delay in spring training 2019. So it does make you a little queasy, especially exactly. with him. <laughs> I was on Amtrak pulling into Newark Station as that happened. I remember exactly where I was when that happened. Yeah, I feel like that's a, it, that's the way for everybody. But no, I mean, it was a great it was a great weekend. So obviously Friday, um, you know, they had a great I think they won four three. I was watching it kind of gearing up. Trying to get some sleep before the wedding, and then where Saturday did you watch? The, where did you watch the game Friday night? Because you had a rehearsal dinner on Thursday. Yeah, so Friday I just went to my buddies, and he like one of my groomsmen who lives who still lives in Philly, and he had the Yankees and the Phillies on, and we just kind of relaxed and and kind of watched both games. Uh, okay. I wanted to do something low key the night before the wedding. Yeah, well, the desire to do something low key, and you, if it was you know like a two one game. Would have been very different. Like a four-one gave you the ability to 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 relax a little bit the night before. Oh, for sure. And I was just praying, like no extra innings, nothing crazy. You know, I just wanted like a nice, clean, exactly what we got. So that was, yeah, no, that was nice. And then Saturday, I was just kind of following along. We had Sterling on for a little bit. I was watching on my phone for a little bit, and then I remember we were in the trolley on the way to the venue, and they were like, "Yeah, my dad was like, Labor walked it off," um, and I was like, "Oh, sweet." So, yeah, so let's – I mean, Saturday is obviously the big story. Um, and I think there are different reasons why people think it's the big story. So I was on ESPN Syracuse on Monday to talk Yankees and to talk a little bit about your wedding, which we will at the end of this. Gotcha. Um, and so I love those guys. They're very nice. They've had me on for like – two maybe this is the third year i'm doing it where like twice a month i go on the midday show and talk for like 10 minutes about the yankees and like whatever else i get to get a couple jokes in it's a nice treat for me it's kind of fun to just like even mention to people um and you know they're the they're the real media so they were like you know the Saturday with the fans, like, you know, JJ, what do you think here? Because, you know, obviously, like, this is bad and you can't do this. And the fans, they set a bad example and they weren't expecting this from me. I don't know why not, but it's just not that big of a deal to me. Like, yeah, you shouldn't throw stuff on the field, right? Um, It's not a great example for children, but realistically – Maybe 30 people threw things on the field. And I'm sure everybody who did it, all the people around them aren't like, yeah, man, that's fucking sick. Or everyone would be throwing stuff on the field. So, you know, they we probably police ourselves there. Some people got riled up. You get excited. It's a big come from behind win. Beers are $25. 
$6 for a bottle of water, haven't won a World Series since 2009, haven't made the big free agent signing. The big free agent that we went out and signed was Cole. So, you know, and he's stunk lately. So there's just a lot of like pent up stuff. We've been locked in the house for two years. You know, it's always there's always another wave coming. Masks are off on planes now. People are, you know, they're drinking more. It's getting warm. And you're going to get shit thrown on the field, you know, once a year like that. Yeah, the the thing that bothers me, two things. One, people just assume this is all Yankee fans and it's not. But but two, people act like it's this war crime and they should go to jail. Like nobody got hurt. It's not like so, they were throwing knives onto the field, dude. Yes. What was it, hot dog wrappers and shit? One, like, I saw like one umpire got hit like in the back, like straight on, like in the spine with what looked like a bottle of water. I'm not going to feel bad about that. Um, no, the way they no. call the games. No, but in all seriousness. It happened, and if if the Yankees have – the Yankees have all these cameras, right, all over the stadium. If the Yankees can look and say, oh, okay, that guy in that seat did it, look up, that seat is a season ticket holder, or like we know exactly who is in that seat because they bought the ticket and we can verify it's them, go ahead. You can ban them from the stadium if you want. Don't use any police resources. Like, Yeah, come on. Crime is up. Like, we don't need – like, this is just – it's so small on, like, the scale of, like, things to, to really to really care about. People do this with injuries too. And, like, a guy will, I don't know, spray, strain their quad and we'll be like, oh, that's cool. We don't get to face Bogarts when we play the Red Sox. And they'll be like, how could you ever think that? Like, think about this guy as a family. These dudes are all millionaires. Like, these, these guys are going to be fine. Miles Straw is going to be fine. It's okay, everybody. Miles Straw didn't even get injured. Like yeah, I know. it was Stephen Kwan and all there was. So the video on Monday finally came out of like from a fan, like in Straw's face, because I had said immediately, like, I want this video. And so I thought Stephen Kwan, I thought people were yelling racist stuff, you know, that to get that kind of reaction. I was like, that's fucked up. You know, if they're out there yelling racist stuff, like you should not be doing that. It's inappropriate, you know, anything derogatory. But stay down, Quan. Stay down. No, you don't get to climb the fence. No, no. And then to see the video. Now, at the same time, people who now have seen the video and are just like, we've got to send Miles Straw to fucking Guantanamo Bay. Not even, I mean, I could see a one game suspension. Like you can't, you can't get on there and start yelling at fans. Hit me, hit me, hit me. You can't do that. That's how you get a malice at the palace. Yeah, and and I think this is like a lot of things in life, right? Everybody wants it to be good versus evil. You know, one guy was in the wrong, one guy was in the right. Miles Straw is kind of a dickhead, and the fans in the stands are kind of dickheads, and that's what happens when a bunch of dickheads get together. Like, yeah, it's on both sides. It's fine. Like, if a single Yankee threw anything, like, then you would suspend them, too. But, like, no players did. And if you can easily identify the people and you decide it's a good business decision to ban them, go nuts. Yeah. No, but, I like, the, you know, we got to get – what are we going to do? The FBI? We're going to get the FBI in there looking at game tape? <laughs> like, fullest extent of the law. Like, yeah. Calm the fuck down. And, again, people do the same – people do the same thing with injuries. I remember – was I think it was last year somebody threw a ball threw a home run ball back and I think it hit 
It Who's the scumbag Verdugo, that, that dickhead on the Red Sox? Yeah, he got hit yeah. with a ball or something, like up in the ass, like not not in a dangerous place. And people yeah. like, oh my God, like that person needs to go to jail. This is despicable. Like, calm down. I think Verdugo, allegedly, I'm just going to say I think allegedly, because I believe the story is like he videotaped like a passed out girl like, yeah, he's a scumbag. getting fingered yeah, or something scumbag. like that. Yeah. Like there was something criminal. Um, Yeah, so I just think it's like, it's a big win, and then people are like, they took this moment from Glaber. All right, so they make another moment. That's what yeah. you get paid for. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. I'll take every moment from you if you just make a new one. Especially Glaber, too, who sucked for, I don't know, you know, two years going going on three. Fi- finally do something. Yeah, keep keep making more moments. And I didn't realize because I wasn't watching the game, but, like, I didn't realize I- IKF was down to his last strike and then hit that double. Like, that is massive, man. That's some stones. So I want to say that – as we wrapped up spring training and we started to say what the roster was going to be, that ninth inning was pretty much exactly what I've said this roster was constructed to do. Donaldson with a a professional at bat, like a lot of guys who have his history, his power, go up there just hacking. Five-pitch walk. LaCastro comes in. Hicks is fucking Hicks. Like, what's Hicks going to do? He's obviously going to fucking strike out. <laughs> obviously, he's going to strike out. But LaCastro steals second. Brett Gardner does none of those things. None. Yeah, none. LaCastro is, is a way better option than Gardner yeah. at this point. Not even close. I, I would have had LaCastro go again. I would have had him go earlier in the first at bat, too. But um, then IKF who's a guy who hit 281 last year can get 200 hits. We've been saying like he's going to, you know, he's a good ball player. He's not going to win an MVP award. But he's a good ball player. He's got a gold glove. Um that he'll figure it out. And big hit and then Glaber off the bench because he's not the best option to be in the field to start the game. Hits a double. Well, you it's know, the only single, but yeah. Beautiful yeah. inning. And the two guys that have been, I guess, the biggest acquisitions that were scrutinized, right? Rizzo and IKF probably arguably been our two best players other than other than DJ. So Cashman's looking good early on. And I was very vocal in the fact that I wanted Freeman. But the two guys that he that he brought in, the main two guys, IKF and Rizzo, have arguably been their best players thus far. Yeah. I mean, we we saw what happened when DD came over. I mean, like you said, it looked like he had never played, you know, baseball before <laughs> it looked like in space jam when they take their power <laughs> yes, yeah. um and then i mean jeter he had a rough go with things to start too oh yeah but you know after the first week everyone's like you know this is this is the worst thing that's ever happened to us it's he's a good ball player he'll get 200 hits um, yeah, for sure. And when you look at like some of the guys we shipped out, like Gary has missed some time. He's not on the IL yet, but I know he missed a couple games. Uh, Voight is on the IL. Um, who else did we trade? There, were, oh Clint. I think Clint is having. Uh, I think Clint, Clint's appendix was going to burst or something. I saw. Jeez, he's always something going on. Yeah, him. man, he's got like he's going to get like, like this dark cloud over his he's going to get like chicken pox next yeah. it's like he's just he's like the benjamin button of fucking injuries you know it's always some and you, it's easy to start dreaming right they're 10 and 6 
and they're, they're not even hitting yet. Like if this pitching continues, if they keep getting start after start like this and the bullpen keeps dominating, I mean, they've scored double digit runs once. They're averaging, I don't know, three, four runs a game. If they just start hitting to their normal level, they'll win 100 games. And that's why it's easy to start to daydream. Yeah. I mean, I don't think the pitching holds. I mean, the pitching is the best right now, like in, you know, just statistically. So I don't know that it does that, but it definitely falls off less if there are more pitches that the game's not on the line. That's been the thing I've been talking about for two weeks now. You, it can't always be a two to one game. So it's great to have, you know, the 10 2 game that was really a 10 nothing game on Friday. Uh, sorry, on Sunday during the day, have Monday off. And now, you know, we're in better shape for what could be a start stop game. Yeah, for sure. And for me, like what I'm thinking about these six games that we have, right, Baltimore and Kansas City, I'm not even thinking like, oh, we need to go four and two or we need to go five and one. Like to me, I need give me two blowouts. Give me two games that are nine to three, ten to four, where we don't have to burn through an inning of Green, Loisaga, Litke, all all the key guys like that is what's going to help them in the long term, I think. Yeah. Give me a game where someone can go out there and give me three innings of relief. You know, someone who just eats innings. Gives up a run, it's not a huge deal. Yeah, no, for sure. Looks like Seve's pitching pretty well. Gets Mountcastle on the ground ball. There's too, got him. Too many uh, balls, like yeah, in the infield. There was the bunt earlier. There was the chopper down the line. Like I just, I don't need Seve running off the mound as much as he's had to earlier. No, yeah, he, and he did. He just did like the back butt flop there. That that was not pretty to let. Uh, yeah, <laughs> to to let. Higgy get that. Uh, I want to talk about DJ because DJ is probably my favorite player on the team and he had a down year last year and people were saying, oh, why did they give him that six-year deal? He's going to regress and he is fucking on fire, man. He looks like 2019, 2020 DJ. It's a – like it's weird because I don't don't know if it's like it motivates him or whatever, but when he doesn't just have a spot – and there's any even hint that he's going to have to fight for it, even though he doesn't deserve to have to do that. This is what he does. He just goes off. Like, he'll be an all-star. He'll end up starting the all-star game after <laughs> being like, oh, he's going to float around. Yeah, although I did think it was symbolic. So if you remember when he came in 2019, he didn't start opening day. They started fucking Troy Tulowitzki over yeah. him. But they did give him the start this opening day, and I think that was a little symbolic. I think they wanted to kind of show him that respect. But for me, I just think it's the health. I think he was clearly like that groin was fucking him up last year. Like yeah. 268 is not a normal year for DJ. Sometimes there, you know, there's injuries like that. We talk about obliques a lot that are just going to impact you the whole year. Like if you hear that someone has a hamstring, you know you're going to hear about that the entire season. Yes. And Aaron Hicks, if he has that same injury, he's, he's shutting it down. He's shutting it down. Yeah. Like, but it's DJ's Aaron Hicks is back. Like we always know Aaron Hicks is back. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of guys I think would have just shut it down with that groin injury. DJ played and yeah, you, you saw the the shittier numbers he put up. But I mean, dude, and let's talk about Seve. Dare I say it? Is is Seve back? Is this So I think it's early back? for that. He you know, we want to see like ninety pitches out of him tonight, but not all ninety pitches are created equal. You know? I got twenty dollars worth of gas. It's different if you're driving, uh, you know, an F one fifty or a Prius. Great analogy. So, you know, if he gets us, you know, six innings, 
That'd be amazing. You know? Because that's all it is. I've been thinking a lot about we have a good bullpen, right? And it's – but the problem with so many of these likes of the specialists is that there is no ability to just have – to just go 6-2-1. Like when the Yankees would go in like 96, they'd go six innings. You know, you get Jimmy Key out there for six innings, Mariano for two, Wetland for one. And they tried to recreate that as often as they could. Um, they did, yeah, because 09, it would be six innings, Jabba, Hughes, Mo. Yeah. That was the 09 formula. Yeah. So, you know, when you cut off one inning at the back end, which I know Chapman has his struggles at times, but, you know, maybe if it was a little more formulaic, if we were playing, you know, a little bit of a cleaner baseball, he'd uh, he'd settle in because, you know, he he mentally seems to, you know, every big moment, you know, I think people – Forget that he blew game seven of the World Series for the Cubs, yeah, yeah. which like he's lucky to be alive. Like, where's Steve Bartman? He really got bailed out. He he got bailed out so hard by uh yeah by the by the Cubs in that bottom of that was it Zobrist that got the, the winning so. hit. Yeah, so bailed out. Yeah, I mean, dude, this is the and dude the other Chappie's pitching for a contract. Like he probably yeah. knows deep down that Cashman is not going to give him another you know four year fifty million dollar deal or whatever. So he he's got to know that. Look, I'm probably going to be pitching somewhere else next year, and I got to pitch well. Yeah, if he wants to continue, I mean, I don't know who's going to shell out huge for him. Especially with the way teams look at and pay relievers now. Like, yeah. relievers really don't get paid anymore. It's, it's yeah. not, yeah, the bubble has burst on the huge free agent, um, reliever. Cause what, didn't like Kimbrell hang out there for a while a yeah, couple years ago? Yeah, he went into the next off. I think he got signed in like May of the next season. Yeah. Uh, the Cubs and look at the Yankees pen. I mean, Peralta was a fine. Clay Holmes makes nothing. Loisega, like our best relievers. Aren't aren't the Britons and Chapmans anymore the ones making all the money? It's really shifted, and I think the Rays kind of started that. Yeah, and I, so I, I could see a situation where, you know, Chapman's got a nice life. It's a nice life to play for the Yankees. You know, you're going to contend every year. So, because like, what's he make now? Like, see, he makes like sixteen million. Yeah, I think like it's that. like a, oh, I think it's like eighteen five. He makes a lot. Yeah, I mean. Maybe somewhere else will offer him $10 million a year. But, you know, he's – if you get a couple years at like seven and you get to just like still wear pinstripes. Because winning a World Series for the Yankees, like you just have to think it's worth more, you know, after you're done playing. And think about Chappie specifically, right? He's all about the flash, the bling, the bright lights. I, I can't see him wanting to go play in Anaheim or – Kansas City or something like that. I remember I just I thought it was so funny when um he came over and he had to go to Cincinnati because like you knew you heard about how like he was a flat <laughs> he tried to be flashy and he would just drive like a hundred miles an hour in Cincinnati and get pulled over. Yeah, not not a great fit. He was probably so pumped uh to, to get traded traded over to us. Yeah, they're gonna have a lot of they're gonna have a lot of decisions to make. Uh, in the bullpen, dude. The I just the fucking pitching has been like, is this is all Matt Blake? Like they've all been rock solid, dude. I mean, you look at what Matt Blake has been handed in terms of, you know, what the expectations are, and what he's brought back to us. It, it all goes with the timeline of him. 
You know, like Larry Rothschild could do nothing with our the pitching that we gave him. And we went out like the really the only guys who delivered were the guys who wouldn't really like listen to him. Like I don't think CeCe was getting like a, a lot of <laughs> yeah, constructive from feedback <laughs> from Larry. If anything, he's hearing shit from, you know, from Hark in the bullpen. Yeah, yeah, I doubt see I doubt CC ever spent much time with Larry. I mean, Matt Blake's first year was the COVID year, so we really couldn't tell. It was sixty games, yeah. we weren't even really together. But then, you know, last year the pitching was really solid, and last year was the first year I can remember it was like, oh, we had great pitching, but our our lineup sucked. Like that was the first time in my life that it happened. Yeah, well, because when we've gotten you know into the playoffs the last couple of years during this like window, it was always like. Hey, we we got here, and then like Chad Green had to throw seventy pitches in a series, and you're going to get exposed uh, because you know someone would get hurt. Um, some guys would ju- you know Sevy just disappeared in the playoffs um, a couple of times, so you end up in like you know with these weird availabilities as you get deeper into the playoffs. Uh, but yeah, if you can get the big inning which we haven't been able to do enough of, I think you get more, you know, lengthwise in terms of the season from from this pitching. Oh, yeah, and everybody everybody will relax. And I just asked you if, if you thought Seve was all the way back. You hesitated a bit. So my next question, Nestor, are you, are you buying in? Are you, are, is this definitely for real, or are you still, like, waiting for that bubble to burst? Yeah, I mean, I think, like, he is – here's the thing. He fucking cares, you know? Like, I don't, not many guys, and not that it's even smart to be doing, but not many guys are diving to first base on that play on that throw from Rizzo. Like, it looked on that as if Rizzo threw the, as Rizzo lets go of the ball, you could see in his face, like, why did I just throw this ball here? Like, the only thing that he could do with this is if I throw it there and he dives, (laughs) and that's like what happened. He cares a lot, man. I don't think – he's like the best ERA in the league right now. Obviously, that won't stick. But I think he could be like a really solid two or three, like what people want Montgomery or Tyone to be. Like I think Nestor can be that for sure. Yeah, I mean I think, again, like it, it takes a couple seasons of doing this before like you're really the guy. I mean Ubaldo Jimenez, Jimenez remember like how good he was in Colorado yes, for yes, one year yes. and then it was just like – it was as if he was throwing a beach ball up there for the rest of his career. Yeah, no. Like, like these guys could disappear fast. So, like, I'm very happy about Nestor. Um, I love, I love his approach. Like, he works his ass off. Boone talked about it, you know, last year that he would just, you know, come to him and be like, hey, just so you know, like, if you need me, I'm good to go. Like, he probably let Boone know today, like, yo, I'm good. But he also probably let him know on Sunday he was good. Yeah, no, for sure. And what I remember the most about Nestor from last year, like his his coming out party almost, was that Phillies debacle that we went to. Tyone, yeah. I think, got one out, and Nestor came in and threw like six shutout innings, and we ended up tying the game. And then I was like, oh, this guy, like this guy, might be for real. Like, and a lot, how many guys over the years relievers would have came in and just fucking punted around and fucked around down five nothing or whatever? And he, like you said, he takes it seriously, cares. Yeah, I mean, it's you know. He's playing for – he plays like he recognizes it's an opportunity. Yes. You know, and maybe it's his last opportunity. You know, it is, you know, maybe what the approach was last year. It's like, well, you know, I go in here, I suck here. 
you know, next thing you know, I'm in AAA, then I don't have a contract, and someone offers me, you know, AAA next year. Maybe I go to Japan. Like some of these guys can peter out, but he made the most of the opportunity. You know, I think even heading into uh, spring training, like a lot of people were talking about, you know, oh, who's going to be in the rotation? Who's going to compete for the fifth spot? And it was like, people can compete for the fourth spot, but the fifth spot's Nestor's. Yes. <laughs> yes. And we always talk about how this group is just a bunch of entitled dudes, right? Like Glaber just thinks he should have a spot. Gary was like that. So it's, yeah. it's a breath of fresh air for somebody like Nestor who comes in and goes back to your thing, who wants to be a baseball player today? Like, that's Nestor. Yeah. And like any interview I've seen with him, he's super humble, uh, especially like the way he talks about his fan interactions. He's like, isn't as if like, isn't this a cool thing? You know, not cocky, yeah. but just like, yeah, some guy said hi to me on the subway and that was cool. <laughs> I have a mustache. <laughs> no, he is like that. But yeah, they, they've all been pitching. Well, it's funny. Like usually this is the most unprepared I've ever been for one of our podcasts. I'm literally just getting my topics from who's coming up to bat watching this game. So I yeah. see it yeah. developing <laughs> and I am loving it. I'm having so much fun with this format. <laughs> Gallo's up. It's 2-2. We'll see what he does here. But I've heard this in some articles and, and some other podcasts I listened to. But like I know Cashman doesn't like selling low. But if he gets down to 120, 110 and he doesn't have any – like is there a point where they just say this isn't working like with Sonny Gray? Well, I mean who? what are you going to get for him? That, well, they got nothing for Sonny Gray if you remember. They basically gave him away and sold low. Like I could see it being something like that. But didn't that. we trade Sonny Gray in the offseason? We did. We waited till the offseason. They got like the Mariners like 40th best prospect. Like it, it was yeah. – I just remember being nothing. There's no – but like there's no offseason here. So it's like are you going to trade a guy who just won two gold gloves in a row, um, has hit a lot of home runs, is playing his worst baseball, but like do you, are you going to walk away from him when you only – he only makes like $10 million. So it's like what are you going to do? You're going to not – you're going to pay him $5 million to go away. I don't know. Maybe it's another contender would take him. I, I just, it just feels like for both sides, it's not working. Like I just get the same vibes I did with Sonny where for whatever reason, it's just not going to work here. And I remember Cashman saying that before they traded Sonny Gallo looks miserable, dude. He looked, I've never seen somebody look so miserable playing a kid's game ever. Well, he grew up a Yankees fan too, right? <laughs> yeah. They, they all, yes, he did. He did. No, no, but like I think it's like a Jeter situation. Like he's got he like close family in Jersey. Yeah, no, I, I do remember that. But I mean, that ain't that ain't happening yeah. now. Yeah, no, no. So it's like that's why I think he looks so miserable because it's like, oh, this is probably all I ever wanted, and they gave me a Rod's number. Right, which that looks that looks terrible. I mean, dude, the fact that's that he doesn't man. have a bomb yet, like I'm willing to sign up for the if he had like guys. if he had three home runs now, you yeah, know, if he yeah. had blown one of those games. One of those times when he was up with two guys on and he struck out, if he had just hit a home run and it saved us some pitching in a game, like that'd be huge right now. Dude, he's supposed to hit 35 to 40, especially with the short ports. The stadium's supposed to be quote unquote built for him. Like, dude, give me, if you're going to hit 200, like, give me the bombs, man. So that's. Well, well, guess what? He's not going to hit 200. (laughs) So don't worry about that. Yeah, you get neither. I don't think it's working, dude. I just do not. And there's no way. There's no way they can even think about re-signing him as a free agent. I mean, the fan base would revolt. Yeah, no. I mean, <laughs> it's going to be a tough one for him out there because he's a Boris guy. Um, 
you know, Boris is going to pitch to like, well, without the shift. I mean, here's the thing. We, he's batting like, what, 140 now? Yeah, yeah. It's like, yo, let's just find a hit. Let's get to 150. Let's just start chipping away at it because it's too early in the season to to give up on him. It just is because it's not like the other option is right there. It's not like, oh, well, we've got Mike Trout in AAA. Right, right, right. We've got Tim LaCastro who can steal bases. We've got Marwin who's not, you know, yeah. he'll get exposed. Florial, they clearly don't like Florial. Yeah, enough. and yeah. Duhar got called up today. He was hitting 375 in AAA. Yeah, maybe he'll feast on the Orange Birds a little bit. Yeah, I mean, if they find him at bats, he'll he'll, he'll play one of the games, I'm sure. And dude, it's funny when everybody saw that, it was like, oh shit, somebody got injured. And then Joe's McFly was like, nah, nah, like Hicks's brother told me he was. Yeah, I mean that was yeah, like I mean that was pretty public like yesterday that that was going to happen. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but yeah, no. Oh, Hicks's brother loves to just like be around. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) he's just he's around. Joe Hicks. That's his name too. It's just like it's the perfect name for like the brother that's around. Oh no, that's Joe Hicks. So he lives in New York. I'm assuming the brother, and probably just goes in the. Yeah, I mean, I, he probably lived in Minnesota before. <laughs> like that's Joe Hicks. He's like his business manager or whatever. It, you know, it's like I think a, like a not good entourage. I, I, I can see that. And especially it's like of all the guys, like it's not like it's Judge's brother, Stan's brother, it's, uh, you know, Hicks's brother. <laughs> I just don't want anybody's brother. And also it's just the name. Oh, no, oh, no that's Joe Hicks. <laughs> Who drank all the Heinekens? <laughs> Joe Hicks. Boone said Hicks is going to miss the whole uh, Orioles series. And I trash him all the time. He's had a great start to the year. Other than obviously never driving in that run from third with less than two out. Other than that, he's been great. Yeah, no, he's had a, a good – as long – if you look at Hicks, it's all perspective. If you look at him as the fourth outfielder, he's having a good season. Yeah. <laughs> if you look at him as the starting center fielder for the New York Yankees, you're still – you know, you're you're kind of it, – it's still a letdown. I'll take it a step further. If you look at him the way Cashman describes him as this dynamic, game-breaking, switch-hitting, yeah. powerful center fielder, you're going to be let down. But like you said, if you look at him as more of a gardener, you'll be happy. He's not even he he's not even on pace to attempt thirty steals. <laughs> like not even close. I think he's maybe tried to steal once. Yeah, I did, and I think he got thrown out. Dude, Jorge Mateo is up. You remember him? Remember, he was going to be the next uh, – our next big thing. Yeah, dude, we've, had, we've had so many next big things. Now he's hitting 231 for – you know what? I'd probably take him if he could play left field. <laughs> it's 100 points better than Gallo. Yeah. So, yeah, I think Gallo's just got to like chip away. Just yeah. chip away at it. Fine, you know. Don't be afraid to drop a bunt down the line. Like That's what I'm saying. There's nobody over there. Like the whole – like. I just got to stay within myself and whatever. Like that works when you're batting 200. When it's like, all right, you know, hey, we're just going to like figure this out. Normally you hit 220, you're hitting 200. All right, you know, maybe some things are clicking. But you're batting 146. You just choke up and slap one the other way down the third base line just to fucking feel, touch the bases. Just feel the base and you'll be like, oh, I like getting here and that'll help your swing. 
<laughs> that's what pisses me off about him. I forget if it was Adler Boland. One of the B reporters were like, when he too was many, really too dead. many, too many. And they were like, you know, would you ever consider making some adjustments to your game, trying to make more contact? And he basically gave the Popeye, I am what I am. And it's like, dude, fucking no. Like, how about you try to make an adjustment? Like, don't give me that bullshit when you're hitting 120. Yeah. Just like, hey, I'll do anything to play better baseball. <laughs> right. Just say that. You don't even actually have to do anything. <laughs> right, right. Just say it. <laughs> yeah. And then get someone to, like, just drop to a reporter like, oh, yeah, like, it's crazy. Gallo's been in here early. And that's it. Yeah. You probably um, start hitting better in real life if you do that. Yeah, just to placate. Like, it, it's easy to know what to say, too, especially with, like, New York fans. Like, you know what we want to hear, dude. There's, like, five things to say. We just want you to try. You know? <laughs> just, oh, they love Nestor. His fucking uniform is always dirty. He's a pitcher. You know? he's uh, Nestor one day should just wear his uniform on the train to the game, like a little leaguer. <laughs> like, I think that'd be funny. Like, they, if they made a video, like, with it, that'd be funny as shit. Yeah, no, that would be – that'd be great. I'm pretty – I bet he still rides the subway. Yeah, he said – well, it's just, like, it's easier. It's just, like, it's quicker because New York is always traffic. Right. And especially, right. like, if you have to get up to the Bronx – like you're dealing with – there's a lot of stuff in that area where you end up with just like trucks, like a lot of 18-wheelers start, stop. Um, yeah, so taking the subway, I don't know where – I assume it's probably in like Midtown or – he might live in Times Square. You know, <laughs> Like he just kind of gives off that vibe. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, yeah, where would you want to live if you played for the Yankees and you made, let's say, like at least five or ten million? Let's say you have the Hicks contract. Like you're not Garrett Cole, but but like rich. I'm me though. Like with my history of like I'm from New York. Yeah, yeah. Where would you want to live? Oh man. Um, depending on like the age, like you know, you'd want to live in like Midtown at first, um, but. You know, a lot of these guys, like baseball players, they end up, like, having families and stuff early. So, like, you end up looking for a house. You know, I'd probably live – I may – I'd probably live in, like, Westchester. Okay. Because, like, it would keep me out of trouble. 
I was like, going to say like a nice part of Connecticut. Like I don't know the area as well, but like I don't know maybe where Cole lives or so I like, lived in Jersey, right? Yeah, CeCe's in Jersey, but like CeCe came in, he's got a family and he's got the huge contract. Right. Where and the the long contract where it's like, "Hey, we're going to be here for the next, you know, 7 years making 300 million dollars." So, let's chill. You know, let's get a and it, you know, let's get a North Jersey mansion that's probably like 2 million dollars. Yeah. Um, you know, and you think like how long ago that was with housing. Um, yeah, no, I'd probably, so like I at one point lived in White Plains, like downtown White Plains. Okay. And it was like all the, all the young Knicks live there. Oh, okay. Interesting. So like Jeremy Lin lived in like the apartment, <laughs> like the, the apartment building like across the street. Um, Alan Houston had a place there. So when you'd see like Rasheed Wallace out because they have a practice facility also in Westchester. Yes, yes. So it's like kind of like the downtown option around there. But yeah, I would probably like live in a condo or, or something like that if I was young because there's still like kind of a nightlife. Um, it's easily accessible to like get to the Bronx from there. Um, but you're not like in Midtown. The problem, though, is you do like you open up yourself a little more to making a dumb decision, getting a DUI, and then everyone just being like, "You have all the money in the fucking world. Why don't you get an Uber?" Yeah, there's no excuse for them. Yeah. I mean, half of them have drivers. Like, I would just have a driver that dri- drives me to the game. I wouldn't even want to think about driving. Like, I think I just have a personal guy. I think the NFL has like a, a like you call this number and a car service comes. Yeah, because of all the DUIs. Yeah, and that was like before Uber. I would imagine because I've done like for my current job, like they sent me a link and then like click on it, added their account to my Uber for like a day mm-hmm. or like two days yeah. or whatever. And they were like, yeah, and it just charges us. Um, it, I wouldn't be surprised if teams just had like that, like just always just call the fucking Uber. I bet, yeah, especially a team like a team like the Yankees. But yeah, that's something I've always thought about. Like, if I played for the Yankees, like, where would I want to live? It's like one of those hypothetical things that you. Yeah, I mean, like yeah. you, you know, living in like Jeter did it all in Manhattan, right? Right. Yeah, I don't think he ever left. Yeah, and that you know, it's tough to do. It's tough to pull that off. I um, think I'd get sick of that. Like twenty years of that, I think I would get sick of it. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot. I mean, they live in like a, a different world of like, you know, you, you're not leaving your house. You're not just running a store. Right, right. Whereas right. like if you live in Westchester, like you could see, um, like Joe Girardi lived, uh, right by me. So like saw Joe Girardi in like ShopRite. That's awesome. I could just see him just going to ShopRite like yeah. a regular dude. Yeah. And he's just like, yeah, here I am. I think it was a ShopRite where it was like one of those, there's one right above Buffalo Wild Wings in White Plains. Okay. And then, like, you know, you never know. Like, right next door in the Barnes & Noble, like, Snooky's there for her, like, book, like, signing. Because she lives, you know, in the area. So that's – I feel like that's where it is. White Plains is where I live. Okay. Uh, before I get to the wedding, I did want to bring up one thing. So Higgy's up. Higgy – or Cole did not use Higgy on Sunday for the first time since uh, Higgy had COVID, I believe, yeah. last year. He pitched great to Trevino. Trevino's been outplaying Higgy. Like, is Trevino taking this job? Is Trevino now going to be Cole's guy? Like, what do, what do you see there? So they actually asked me this on uh, ESPN. They tried to frame it as more of a like, so, you know, like a, more of a gotcha um, type thing of like, you know, uh, is oh, there trouble? So anti Gary. They're like, oh, is there trouble in paradise with Higgy? Um, 
And it's just like, no, I think it just came around and like, we got to change up the lineup. Trevino has been like playing hotter. Let's, you know, you just mix it up sometimes to see. Um, cause Trevino's playing, playing well. Um, I don't think he's taking the job outright, but I think if it stays like this way, he's going to. Yeah, and to me, I think I've talked about this before, but I almost look at it like in the NFL with running backs where they just split the carries. Like I don't think it's ever going to be a situation where one guy starts six out of every seven games. I, I think they're basically – it's going to be more like an alternating system where maybe like 60-40, 65-35. So whatever split that is, I'm probably fine with it. But to me, Trevino's definitely been earning more playing time. Yeah, I mean I could see it getting to a position where it's like three to one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, you know – it's so easy to like wiggle out of that for um for Boone and also like one of these guys is going to get dinged at some point and and have to miss time whether it's like on the IL or just you know needs a couple games because they took one off the thigh or or something like that so you kind of you know you have to keep both of them fresh but i think it just gets us further away from the personal catcher for Cole. I mean, Trevino, he frames pitches great. Higgy's great at it, but Trevino rates better. So if that's what's working, that's what it is. I mean, and then let Higgy catch fucking Nestor. Yeah, exactly. And when Boone said, oh, I just wanted to switch it up, like that's not what happened. Cole definitely went to Boone and was like, I want to try Trevino. Clearly, whatever Cole wants, he gets, as we saw from the like freaking out about the Billy Crystal thing. Like, there, my point is, there's no way Boone just did that without talking to Cole. Um, oh, I'm sure he talked to him. Uh, um, and I bet Cole was all for it because they. I mean, he had three shitty starts with Higgy to start the year. Yeah, I mean, Cole is a. So I agree with you in the fact that like Cole is becoming a bit of a like blame other people guy. Yeah. So, um, you know, oh yeah, maybe it was him. No, I can see like, hey, we're thinking about change. I don't see Cole like going to Boone and being like, this has to be changed. I think that's just a really bad look to it. Cause it, if that happens and it gets back to Higgy, like that's insulting to a guy who's caught you since high school and will have to catch you again because Trevino's not just going to play the whole season. Like, you know, the guys have to miss games at times. It's part of that position. Um, and, but I see Boone just being like, hey, you know, we want to try something different. Like the numbers, I'm sure there's some number, you know, you know, Eugene upstairs <laughs> came up with made a new stat. And so we're going with Trevino and he's just like, yeah, I'm all for it. I hate Trevor Bauer. I'm all for it. No, man. And every, and even, I mean, look, Cole pitched great on Sunday, but everybody's like, Cole's fucking back. Like, yeah, let's, let's get a couple of those. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had tweeted before the game, like, once he gets his ERA under six, it's over for you bitches. And now it's down to like a four. But, um, I didn't expect that out of him. But yeah, it's not like, uh, like, yeah, now do that. Now, honestly, just do that same thing 20 more times in a row. Yeah, and beat the fucking Blue Jays and beat the Red Sox. Like that. That's like, it's great that you dominated the the Guardians and stuff. But like, we need you to beat those teams. Even though I guess I mean I, I know we don't talk about the other teams too much, but Toronto and Boston haven't gotten off to great starts. They're behind us, so it's not like they've been dominating. I think Toronto's half a game above us. Okay, oh, they are. Yeah, but because they just, they just uh, they're playing the Red Sox and the Red Sox. Ah, okay, so stink right now. Yeah, yeah, and they've just you know done a little better. At the um, you know winning the games that you're supposed to win, 
Yeah, no. For sure. Because the way the Red Sox were playing too, like they're not playing well. And I know we all said like, you know, you never know with them. They're kind of a wild card. They'll come and surprise you. They could easily just start like falling fast. Yeah, I'm conflicted with them because everybody's like, oh, they have no pitching. But, like, they really didn't have any pitching last year and they were better than us. So, like, I just don't really know what to think with them and their pitching and everything. Well, because they've got, like, a, they tend to have a team full of nesters. Like, yes. just guys out there trying. You know, Garrett, they, Garrett Whitlock, who we let go, who's a fucking star for them now. Yeah, they just have guys who just, you know, they sometimes their guys just play better. It is what it is. Uh, Aaron Judge is 30 years old, officially 30. Yes, his birthday. So I said, you know, there's just something about it where even the contract that he was offered, it just feels different offering it to a 29-year-old versus a 30-year-old. Oh, it does. And look, hindsight is always going to be 2020, but this isn't hindsight because we all that day, we were sitting next to each other in Billy's and we were like, this was fucking stupid of Aaron Judge to turn this down. Like, I think he is going to end up losing a lot of money and looking very dumb. We offered 213. He said, no, I think he'll end up with like 170, 180 if he's lucky. Yeah. I mean, I think the years are what's going to be tough to come by. Yeah, like he really like – dude, uh, just the, the, the way he must have calculated that like he – because essentially what the, – the only way he was going to beat that is if he had a 2017 type season this year. And he's done that once. Like the, it just was not smart. Yeah, I mean he's playing well. He had a big game. What was that Friday night? Yes, he had the two bombs. The two home runs, the um, outfield assist. I was real happy for him. I'm a big judge guy. Everyone knows that. <laughs> I always want him to play well. I'd like him to play somewhere else, but <laughs> – I want to play well until he does. Yeah, no, he's got a nice, nice spot here. Two on, one out, two, two count. Do they got it? Like Jordan Lyle, did they score some fucking runs, man, against against Baltimore? This, I don't want another two one or one one in the eighth inning. Like, yeah, let's get it going. Yeah, just hit a three run home run. <laughs> just that easy. Just fucking do it. Like this guy sucks. Hit a three run home run. Um, so you want to talk wedding? Yeah, let's do it, man. So you're a married man. The yep. show's coming out a day late because would you guys just wake up on Sunday and we're like, let's just go to AC and fucking have a night. We booked it like Tuesday. I think I just booked it Tuesday without even telling like the Tuesday before the wedding, oh, really? without even just telling her. Cause I just, I remember people telling me like, it's depressing if you go right home from the so, like yeah like hotel. just driving home from the hotel to your house people were like oh that can be depressing so we, honestly yeah. we just wanted to keep it going a little bit we went to lbi for a week like you know so i get it you know we did, went from saturday to saturday and you must have been exhausted by the end of that dude like or did the, you just relax the whole time in lbi i mean oh so in lbi um i had to leave i like you have to go off the island to even get to um an enterprise rent a car but they'll pick you up. So they came and picked me up and drove me back to check it out. And um, I went to – I had to go back to New York to film that documentary I did for um, MLB Network, MLB and uh, Fox okay, Sports. Okay, yeah, yeah. Like the day before I got married, they called me and were like, hey, you're on the same. We want to film you on Wednesday. And I was like, <laughs> okay. And so I drove up. And like the house looked just like empty. Um the apartment. So they like sent someone downstairs to go to like a guy who sells fruit on the corner to like put some lemons in a bowl. Like on because <laughs> our place just looked so barren. Um especially because like it hadn't been lived in for like a half a week too. Right. And we had like the cleaners come while we were gone. So and then I went back 
And yeah, no, there was like one night we went out. We did like Thunder Thursday and we're just like drinking squeeze bottles of SoCo and lime. But <laughs> no, for the most part, like we just like went to dinner, had some drinks every night, maybe smoked a little and just chilled. But like we didn't know anybody to like go, you know, like party with. Right. Everyone's right. at work. But it was during yeah. the summer. So it was like, all right. Like we ended up hanging out with a bachelor party one night. Just whoever the fuck's around. Just yeah. there was like, yeah. yeah, like we went to a bar and we we're hanging out and it was like a bachelor party. And I just start like chopping it up with them. And then my wife talks to them and then we're doing shots with them. Yeah. No, that's how it goes. Everybody's been asking me like, oh, how was it? How was it? And I've been trying to come up with like a Yankees analogy for Dude, my wedding. So let's let's yeah. just talk. You would think so beautiful wedding, right? Yeah. 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 You would think if you <laughs> didn't know Nick. If you were just there as a plus one, like if someone was like, oh, my friend Jamie's getting married, my, my friend Jamie's getting married, do you want to come as my plus one? And you're just a dude who came to this and you don't know anything about Nick. You would think he played second base for the Yankees. <laughs> like I would have Googled like, did this guy fucking play for the Yankees or something? Like they mentioned the Yankees a lot at this wedding, like a lot. It was in every speech. The Yankees were in every single speech. Yes, it was. <laughs> the Yankees were in um in the ceremony a yes. few times. The uh, the toxes were navy. Yeah, were just Yankees uniforms. Yeah, basically. <laughs> but I'm just talking, like there was the officiant, your dad, her dad, best man, maid of honor. That's five people who had who gave speeches of some kind. Every single one of them mentioned the New York Yankees. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Um, I was just, there was an over under, uh, cause I was sitting with, I forget the guy's names that I was Garrett, sitting with. Matt, Mike, Garrett. I yeah. Think. Yeah. 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 There was, uh, I, they all had made bets on like, sir, on like your wedding. There were prop bets. I had tweeted yeah. out a picture of it. Yeah. Um, and it was like over under 18 and a half mentions of the Yankees in the best man speech. And I was like, I was like, that's an insane, that's an insane yeah, number, what? but it was like seven. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. There was a lot of them. Um, so I will say it was way more Jewish than I was expecting because you on opening day told me your mom's Jewish. Yes. I knew Jamie was Jewish, but I thought it was like Jewish, like <laughs> like Julian Edelman. Yeah. And yeah, um, yeah. yeah, no, but it was like – it was cool. Like I've been to Jewish weddings before. About halfway through, I said to my wife, I was like, why didn't we get yarmulkes, like, at the door? <laughs> like, because, like, you broke the glass. Um, when, I guess there's, like, a Jewish version of, like, in Catholicism, we have, like, and peace be with you. Yes, yes. There was, like, one of those, and you went down the line of your groomsmen <laughs> fist bumping them. Like, yeah. Bob Shepard just called your name on like April 3rd. Day, yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> Oh, what are some other thoughts from it? It was a nice ceremony. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't too long. Um, it was. It was light. You know, there was fun to be had. Um, the officiant had a great stage presence. Yes, she moved about holding her microphone as needed. Did we get a run? I think yeah, that's, that's gone. That's gone. That's Rizzo, a three, three run, run home run. It, Rizzo, what's this? His sixth of the year. Just got out. That was like a first row. 
I thought he was going to rob it. Yeah, three-run Jack. Hey, you graduate last in your class from medical school. They still call you doctor. Hell yeah. Um, Rizzo's going to lead the league in home runs. Uh, so, yeah, she, uh, like, when it was, like, time for you guys to do, like, the kiss, she, like, said it and then, like, slid out of the way so they could get a picture of the first kiss. Uh, there were a couple other ones she did. Um what was what was the pinky ring you were wearing? Yeah, that's a family. So that's a family ring. That was originally my great grandfather's, and then my grandmother wore it as like a women's ring, and then my uh-huh. mom gave it to me like two days before the wedding to wear as like a pinky ring because <laughs> my grandmother always said I should wear it because it matches my eyes. Okay, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I so like from where I was sitting. So I was late. Okay, I was a cup. <laughs> I was like two minutes late. Okay. Uh, there was no valet out front. Like you just had to pull in the garage across the street. Yeah, yeah. And then they took care of it from there. Yeah. So I wasn't sure. I was like, did I miss something? Is there a different entrance? So I like went around the block. That's why I was late. So you had already gone down the aisle, and then all of a sudden I noticed when the uh, officiant was like talking, and you had like opened your stance like Carlos Delgado. I tweeted a picture <laughs> of it. Um, you oh you you also had an athletic stance like you were ready to go during this whole ceremony. Yeah, got to stay loose. People were also talking about like apparently I said I do in like a funny way. Yes. I think you tweet. Yeah, like yeah, I, yeah. I don't get that though. I feel like that's just how I talk. Yeah, no, I mean yeah. <laughs> like normally when someone's like you know whatever it is they say, uh, you, the people are like I do. Like it's a solemn thing. You were like mm. I do. <laughs> you were just you were pumped. It was yeah. very you. You were pumped. Yeah, and I so all of a sudden I noticed you're wearing I was like, wait, do they have the rings on already? Is this a Jewish thing that I don't uh, know about? Because confused. it's becoming very you know, I'm just like, oh, it turns out, you know, very Jewish. Um, not and I was like, you know, trying to like what what traditions are going on. And then Yeah, no, then I was like, No, that's a pinky ring. Like, is is Nick a pimp? And I didn't even realize. I was like, it's got to be some kind of family thing. Yeah, yeah, it was. It's but funny I said, though, yeah. I, I said I was going to ask on Twitter. Oh, right, right. And it, yeah, like, so my mom is Jewish. My dad was raised Catholic. And I just kind of never gave a shit about religion. And then That's, Jamie's family's Jewish. So I, yeah, I didn't know that you, you, um, yeah, like, I would never think of you in any religion. Right, like, just right. The Yankees. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who you probably exactly. played for. Um, speaking of your mom, lovely lady. It was my first time meeting her. Uh, she listens to the podcast. Yo, like no disrespect to Mike, but like your mom was like a babe at your, on your <laughs> wedding night. Like as we sat down and my wife just goes, oh my God, Nick's mom's so beautiful. And I was just like, which side is who's, who's where? And yeah, very nice woman. Um, it was nice to meet her. Everyone knew that I was going to be like reviewing the wedding. She was right, like, right. She was like, "How's it going?" We know you're reviewing it. <laughs> it felt like I was at Yankee Stadium. Um, the the food at the cocktail hour was great because it had the perfect mix of like there's prime rib, there are guys shucking oysters, they, they you know there's shrimp, uh, there was beef Wellington, uh, there was a Chinese station. Uh, where they had like the little like Chinese containers too. It was like, are we doing like dumplings to go? Like, I'll get out of here right now. <laughs> um, obviously, meats, cheeses, breads, all that great stuff. Um, but then there was also like a boneless wings, uh, fried pickles. Where I was just like, yo, I'm gonna eat 
so much shrimp and so many fried pickles. And you don't get that opportunity often. Right. I, I was mainly locked in on the oysters. Like I made sure I was like, whatever happens, I'm getting my nine, 10 oysters. Yeah. Or whatever. And then the Stella machine, like I didn't even know they were going to have that. Yes. That was fucking sick. Yeah. So I've been at like a trashy VFW wedding that I've talked about where they just had <laughs> kegs scattered about. Right, right. This was ice cold Stella. I took a picture of like the machine. There were the glasses hanging underneath. Very classy. Very nice. So I didn't really drink. I decided to drive. Because uh, so you just ate mainly. I had I'm back at work after being off since right. mid December. Um, so I was like, you know what? It hit like Friday, and I was like, I can't be hungover on mm. on Sunday. Like yeah. I can't the 17 week Sunday scaries right. and the hangover. Mm. Not worth it. Yeah. So I was like, I'm gonna have like two drinks. And so one of them, so they're walking. I was like, well, I gotta do a Stella. Yeah. Gotta do it. Plus, I enjoy being at things like this and um, just ordering a club soda with a lime because people look at me and go, yeah, that guy probably had a drinking problem. That's probably that's good. Good for you. <laughs> good for you. No one no one asks me. No one looks at me and is like, oh, hey, how come you're not drinking? They just assume, they're wrong, but they just assume like, oh, he's in recovery. Well, couldn't they assume like kettle one and club? Yeah, yeah, no, but I'm saying whenever anyone hears hears me do it, Uh, they or they also normally put it in a different glass. Like I uh, got, I drank a bunch of club sodas, and they were in a different glass than (laughs) everyone's alcoholic drinks. Kitty cup, that's fine. Yeah, I had it was like the water glasses they use. Um, Complaints about cocktail hour. One, there were two guys there that were like four inches taller than me, and I don't like that. I don't like that at fucking all. <laughs> I'm not like the tallest guy in the world. I'm like six one, so it's not like I'm some huge. But there were two dudes, and like whenever there's someone who's like really taller than me, they tend to be old. I feel like like these guys were young. I know who you're talking, and about. they were yeah, just yeah. taller than me. Yeah. And I don't know what it is about. How old are you? Twenty nine. Twenty nine. That's what I thought. I know what this is. Yeah. Yeah. People in their 20s with the fucking espresso martinis. It starts – It's it spreads like cancer. Uh, I was at the table with the girl who started it because I we sat down at the table. I was like, oh, you're not espresso martini people. And she was like, oh, I got the first one. I tipped them 20 bucks. What happens is – Who was that, by the way? Do you have the name of that? Someone – like one, one of your friend's uh, fiancés. Oh, yeah, I'd be curious. She had a tattoo on her, like, shoulder blade and, like, another one okay. on her arm. All right. I got it. Um, And so what happens is one person gets it, right? And now if you are in, like, midtown Manhattan or you're in Center City or, you know, you're in a place where, like, it's a hipster bartender with, like, a mustache and he's wearing a vest and he's making, like, classy drinks, you get an espresso martini. When you're at a wedding venue, they're not making a good espresso martini. They're just not. And then it just spreads like wildfire. People go, oh, what's that? Oh, I'll get that too. Oh, you know, we'll have two espresso martinis. And they've got to get like Kahlua, vodka. They have to go to like the Keurig machine and make an espresso. Oh, right. Yeah. So it just backs the bar up. I was at Charlie Wisco's uh, engagement party. Like when he got engaged, it was just at a bar. It was just people meeting at a bar. And I couldn't get a drink for a while because he, his friends were just all ordering espresso martinis. And when I ordered a beer, it came in a can. 
Like this isn't the place. Like if they're serving cans of beer, you're right. not getting a good. I was just like, oh, this is you, you can't get a drink here. You're big on like bar etiquette, bartenders rights. You're like big on that stuff. I've noticed. Yeah. Being a, a decent human being. Yeah. <laughs> You know what's funny about the thing spreading like wildfires? I noticed it and then one of my buddy's fiance is like, oh, like, do you want one? You should go get one. And I was like, I don't even know what this is. Like, <laughs> I don't, Just drink I don't a Red Bull know. vodka. Yeah. I, I think at a wedding, like open bar situation like that, you can get beer, wine, champagne, or mixed drink that is one liquor, one mixer. Ladies can get a splash of something. If it's like vodka, club, splash of crayon. For color, for flavor, whatever. They can do that. But when you start getting espresso martinis, the bartender uh, said – because when it got to me, I was like, I just want a club soda. I was like, oh, thank God. And I was like, you're making a lot of them? He goes, last night we made at least 200. Damn. I didn't realize it was such a a trendy thing. Yeah, I'm a quick kettle one and club with a lime every single time if I'm at a nice open bar wedding. I don't have to think about it. I don't ask what's on tap. Kettle one and club. Yeah, you just keep it moving. Keep it moving. Um, and yeah, hey, if you want to order that when you're sitting at the table, all right. Right. But right. like when you're just slowing up, standing there, uh, all right. So then the actual wedding itself, not the wedding, the reception, beautiful venue. The You had a DJ, but with two singers. And that was the, the guy was a showman. Like he walked yeah. through the crowd. Sultan. Yeah. 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 That was cool. Um, Start off with like a lot of uh, Jewish circle dancing and you're up in the chair. Yeah. Yeah. Classic. Yeah. I was like, wow, this is like – this is a, a, a going to be like a very energetic wedding because then at one point your now mother-in-law came to our table and introduced herself and she wanted the music to be like more lively and she was just like, all right, I'm going to go tell him to turn this music up before I cut his head off. <laughs> yeah, she was, doesn't fuck around. I you was don't like, want to argue with her. I was like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> um, your dad gave a good speech. I've never heard a good maid of honor speech in my life. Um, yeah, that's fair. Your uh, best man speech. Uh, you know, it, it was a lot of inside stuff. Yeah. Um, your father-in-law gave a, a nice speech. Ran into your dad by the bar. He's like, I got three Yankee questions for you. And he just like, boom. And we just like, we just had a talk about like, what's going on with Brian Cashman? Like, what are we going to do at catcher? Um, like we were, you know, standing there and it was almost, uh, it felt like I, I said to my wife, it felt like I played a role in like giving him a breath. Cause he was, you know, a lot of like, you know, oh yeah, Nick and Jamie, they're a good couple. Like having that same conversation yes. again and again. And I was doing that too. Like I, I remember going up to my one, my mom's, uh, one of my mom's friends, uh, like a couple, a couple that my parents are friends with, and just he's like a Sixers ticket holder. And I was so sick of talking about myself. And I was like, yeah, how about the you going to the next Sixers playoff game? Like, can I talk yeah. about anything that's not this wedding? <laughs> yeah, no, it happens. Um, it goes so fast, dude. It goes. I told so you, I've fast, said this dude. since the. the I tried preparing and I just couldn't. Like, I, there's no way to prepare for it. There's no way. To, like it's done before you know it uh, and that's why I also said like don't get stressed out about it because it's only five hours um, yeah no for sure it's almost like a race against the clock like I remember like oh shit it's 930 already like, like yeah. you just got here 
Yep. And then um, there were there was a display of wedding dresses, like your mom's, her mom's, yep. some other stuff. That was like over by the bar. So I was on the other side. I kept calling our table the freaks at table 15. So like during all the speeches, you know, like your dad was like, we've got some college friends and some high school friends. <laughs> and I was just like, and the freaks at table 15. <laughs> I, I was getting a lot of laughs in the back and with my wife like smacking my leg, like shut the fuck up. Um. We had fun at our table. Nice, um, yeah. We put you like so, like Mike, Garrett, and Matt, like the guys that you like. They're probably the biggest quote unquote like barstool types of my friends. They're like, oh, they'll, yeah. they'll enjoy each other. Yeah. They, who is the guy who has like more of a southern accent? A southern accent. It sounded southern, but he's from Mantua. He's from Jersey. I, no fucking idea. From Jersey. I don't know. Not his, one of those three. Huh. Garrett wasn't at my table. Oh, he wasn't. Okay, no, because he sat in my seat at one point, and then that sounds like him. <laughs> like I went, I was up at the bar, and I came back, and he was sitting there talking to. I was sitting next to your friend from Maryland, Mike. Yeah, Mike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Orioles guy. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, "Oh, he was like, oh, you're the guy from the podcast, right?" I was like, "Yep." Um, yeah. So I had all those wedding dresses. Um, I left. I did not get the dessert room. Okay, I missed I missed that whole thing too. Yeah, so it looked great. It was ready at like nine thirty, and we kept seeing people going up to it. And then it was maybe like ten, and we went up to it, and the guy was like, "Yeah, like it's ready, but uh, the the mother of the bride doesn't want it open till ten thirty because they think people will leave." And I was like, "All right, well, I'm I'm out of here anyway." I'm yeah, like, no, I remember we talked about that, like, and the arts ballroom talked about it, like the dessert room is so stacked and loaded that like it pulls people off the dance floor. Yeah, and we didn't want that. Um, yeah, so, yeah, we, we were like, "When's the latest it can open?" Yeah, so I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna grab Ben and Jerry's on the way home because I'm, I'm sober." <laughs> That's um, fair. Uh, it was. I mentioned to the table. And it started to spread around that on our way back from opening day, you told me that your no your no playlist was Bruno Mars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So everybody, like every like different song that came on was like, oh yeah, no, obviously no Bruno Mars, all Pitbull. <laughs> like we had a lot of jokes about that. Um, your wedding party was introduced one by one instead of like. Here's like Tim and Kathy or whatever. It yeah, was one yeah. by one. But they came out to Dr. Dre's the next episode. Did you pick that? Yes. Because F goes, I'm pretty sure they were like seven when this song came out. We loved it. But like, we were just like, all right, hey, they're going. Gallo, home run. Finally. Yeah, he's back. He's back. We did it. You heard it right <laughs> here. We turned it around. We beat COVID. Gallo hit a home run. <laughs> No masks on planes. I noticed you're big on being polite to bartenders. <laughs> no, yeah, I do. I love that song. And then Jamie's idea was to like roast, to do like yes. a light roast so of everybody. I, at one point, I, cause I was like kind of getting the acoustics where my table was. And now, so I was pretty much like as far away from everything as you, you can yeah. be. But here's the thing. I expect that at pretty much every wedding I go to <laughs> because I normally like part of like a rowdy group, you know, like when you get put at a table, it's like that. It's like <laughs> we got to make sure you guys aren't too close to grandma. Mm, yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, 
So yeah, we had we had a good time with that. So yeah, I couldn't hear. And then I guess it was maybe it was your sister. Um, when they announced her, I thought Shelby the turtle was at the wedding because that was like her thing. It was something about Shelby, and I was like, they were like, what? Everyone else at the table was like, what's that about a turtle? I go, they got a turtle. You don't know about Shelby? (laughs) Don't you guys listen to the show? (laughs) That's awesome. That's why you like Nestor. Right. Oh, right. Yeah. That makes sense. There we go. Joe Yellow looked at that home run like, oh, that, that works. He really enjoyed that. That yeah. might be the only one. <laughs> yeah, but overall, it was a great wedding. Um, did Jamie enjoy herself? Yeah. Yeah, That's we what... both did. No complaints. Like nothing majorly went wrong other than like it went just too quickly for yeah. us. Um, a lot of people – we went to Misconduct across the street for the after party. Probably got like – 20 to 25 people, which I thought was a good turnout. Yeah, no, that was uh, like my table was talking about that. Okay, they were all geared. Because they were like, you guys coming to misconduct? I was like, spoiler alert. This right here, club soda. I'm going home. (laughs) I've got kids. (laughs) Yeah, one of your, one of the guys at the table is from Mantua, New Jersey, which is like two towns from me. And he was he was wrecked. He was wrecked. His wife was just like, "Have a have some water. Have some water. Have a coffee." He was he was funny, but he was wrecked. Who? What does this guy look like? I don't. I've never. He's got a that. beard and kind of like reddish, blondish hair. His wife danced also to landslide with her dad, and like. Their their anniversary is six days before yours. I got a whole story about it. Anniversary is – oh, OK. What? Nope. I still don't have it. All right. We'll have to we'll – It have seemed to like he had a it. southern accent. It was probably just a South Jersey accent. This has to be somebody that James I, – I literally have no, no idea. We'll talk offline on this. This yeah. is stumping me. Um, but she uh, – but yeah, I know. He was like – You know, everyone was talking about where they were from. And he was like, oh, this little town, you wouldn't know it. And he was like, Mantua. And I, we were like, yeah, no, we know it. Like, her brother lives there. And he was like, what? Nobody knows this town. He was amazed by anyone knows it. I was like, dude, Mantua has the only target for like 30 miles. Everybody knows it. It's the only target and Chick-fil-A. And they're right next to each other. Everybody knows where you're from, my guy. <laughs> he was just wrecked. and was like, no way. <laughs> Oh, another classy move. Classy, class, 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 class. You guys had Old Navy flip-flops for the ladies yes, to yes. take off their heels. Jamie's mom thinks of everything. Like, that's just – she thinks of everything. So. That's a That was a big thing, I feel like, at weddings in, like, 2010, yeah. 2012. And especially if people have, um, like, any kind of outdoors part. Of their wedding. So for me, I remember like the I went to like a million bar mitzvahs from I don't know 2005 to like 2007, and I remember that which I wouldn't that. expect, which I would not have yeah, expected. Yeah, I didn't have one myself, but I went to them, and I remember yeah. that they would like that was the thing. So that kind of lines up with that timeline. Yeah, um, like my wife brings flats. Like she had like folded mm-hmm. a flat. She was like, "I'm getting some flip flops. Nice like, pool season. Might as well. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. The, the knack pool just opened uh, outdoor. With the bar, so I'm there excited you go. for that. And my, then our, our neighborhood pool opens Memorial Day. Uh, mine opens next Wednesday. Nice. So then it takes, you know, some time to, like, get it. Yeah. Get it going. Um, yeah, I think that's all we got. Yanks are up 4 nothing. It's 8.30. Uh, my kids are in bed. 
you need to probably go sleep off life. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm beat, but no, this was fun. Good weekend, good week. Every, everything's good right now, man. I'm rolling. Yeah, man. Good wedding. Congratulations again. You can follow Nick on Twitter. At NKirbyNYY. Follow the show at George's Box Pod, where you can see some of the uh, pictures. Oh, I did... You did come out of the um, bridal suite over the in a balcony over the cocktail thing, like Clements. That was cool, and that was not planned. Yeah, I remember coming out like, "Oh, this is sick." <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah, dude, you were so pumped to just like have having a wedding is fun. Like having like all the people from like different parts of your life, like your friends from college, your friends from high school, your yeah. you know your cool uncle, whatever it is, like just that mix. And everyone's just there to like love you. It's a cool thing. No, uh, for sure. Yeah, it's like it's it like the way I described it is we were just overcome with emotion, like seeing everybody you know in yeah. one place. Like when you, you're never gonna have that again. So it was yeah, like, no, yeah. It, it's super cool. It seemed like you were having a great time. Like you were ear to ear grin, just like walking around talking to like all different people. So uh, congratulations! Thanks for having me. You can follow me at JJ from the Bronx and. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll uh, we'll see you at the parade.